Today's episode is sponsored by By Heart, which is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. In our house, we never skim on family time together on the weekends. Instead of racing around crazy, we prioritize time at home, time to relax, time to do fun, crazy things that we wouldn't have ordinarily. And you know who else doesn't skim? By heart. By heart is the only American-made infant formula with globally sourced ingredients to use organic, grass-fed whole milk without a drop of skim. Whole milk is full of healthy fats like naturally occurring MFGM, which play an important role in baby's brain development and growth. Are you curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with codename Zibby20 for a limited time. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Tamika Christie is the author of Rue. Award-winning author and Bay Area native, Tamika has published two books, Anytime Soon and Never Too Soon. She began writing at an early age, prompted by the gift of a journal for Christmas. With pen in hand, she continued writing throughout college, where she realized her talent for creating intriguing plots and multidimensional characters. Tamika continued to nurture her love for writing while attending law school, where she gave birth to her first novel, Anytime Soon. Now as a practicing attorney, Tamika still devotes time to her love of writing. Hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Zibby's. I'm Gabby Conti, and I am so excited to be here with Tamika Christie. Her new book, Rue, you can pre-order it now. Yes, please. And it's so good. I got it. This is my advanced copy that I got to read, and I, I, I love it so much. And I also read her book, Never Too Soon, but we'll focus this conversation on Rue mm -hmm. so everyone watching at home and here can find out about it and definitely get that pre-order. Mm -hmm. When does it come out again? January 9th. January 9th. January 9th. So it's, you can order it now for the holidays. Yes. And then it'll now. be an exciting surprise that comes in the mail in after the holidays. Yes. So that's always a good choice, right? Yeah. So so you're, before Rue, you did Never Too Soon and Anytime, Anytime Soon. Soon. Yes. And those were focused on Amaya and her journey and her yes. World Series. Yes. And now, and if you're familiar with those books, those are more of like lighter, beachier reads, right? Yes. Yeah. But now with Rue, we have something a little deeper. Mm -hmm. We talk about family dynamics, mothers and daughters. So I'm so curious, what inspired you to come up with this book? The first two books, so all three of my books are about complicated relationships, family dynamics, and just finding, like, discovering that inner child and finding a way to heal. And the first two books, I, was, I worked full-time, and I've always enjoyed writing, and so they just 
not just, but the first one was a short story and it became a novel. And I didn't, I think I told you this, I didn't think it was the greatest. So I called myself redeeming myself with the second novel. Mm -hmm. And so it went deeper into the characters and the dynamics of the family. And when I started the third book, I thought, you know, I really want to challenge myself to write something more literary. Like I I really want to dig deep into this. And so I stuck with my passion of writing about family and complicated relationships and healing, but I did take it a more literary approach. I did keep the humor in there Mm -hmm. because life is hard. And when you're tackling some of these hard issues, it is easy when you can come every 15 or 20 minutes upon a laugh. So I kept some of the lightheartedness in there, but I do continue to explore some of the deep relationships and the journey of healing. It's so it's so good. And it's told through three different perspectives. Yes. All under the Chavez family. Yes. And uh, we have the story of, we have Manon, yes. Emerson, and Odester. Odester. Yes. So, and they all tell, uh, tell their stories from different time periods. Yes. So why did you choose those three family members to be the voices of this story? I felt like those three characters, I developed them because they were the most impacted by their moms and their relationships with family. So a lot of times, I don't know, as women, we go through different things in our relationship with our children, with our image, and we don't realize a lot of it comes from childhood. And so it's Manon, it's a French Creole. Oh, Manon. Manon. Sorry. Manon. Manon. Oh, sorry. So her mom, <laughs> very overachieving, always appropriate, a member of everything, all the elite society. And you see this woman grow up to be a socialite. She mm-hmm. she didn't finish all of her dreams. She didn't accomplish the things that she wanted to. And she was holding in these deep secrets. And all of it was based on this overachieving, this, this thing that her mom and her family in, put inside of her that she couldn't get rid of. Odester is the middle child who she had an, un, I don't want to say, she had an undiagnosed learning disorder. And I mm-hmm. hope the readers will, will pick up on that. I picked up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was undiagnosed because it was in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, overlooked, the other sisters were smarter, prettier in mm-hmm. her eyes because they were fairer skinned. And you see the dynamic of her going into a relationship early. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a teenage mom. And then she starts dibbling and dabbling into these different things in life. And you hear through her lens why? I don't feel loved. I don't feel pretty. Everybody cares about my sisters more than me. And so she starts to self-soothe with drugs and relationships. Mm. Emerson, is the she's the fourth generation. She doesn't know her family. She's California. She wants to know her history. And everything for her has been prep school and this school and this society. And she goes back home because she's trying to figure out who she is. And her mom is saying, these people are dysfunctional. All these different things are going on and, and happening. And she's like, no, like they're not perfect, but they're family. So you see the eyes through somebody who is like, oh my God, these people are incredible. They cook and they get together. Mm-hmm. I don't care what they do. And somebody who says, these people are overbearing and they want me to be something that I'm not. And they only care about image. So I picked those three characters for those specific reasons. So you can see the different dynamics, same family same lineage and the different outcomes for all three of them. It's interesting. And then Odister and Manon have that similar link where Manon's mom is Odister's sister, sister. who she could never live up to. Right. So it's kind of like they share that, I don't want to say trauma, I guess bond. No, trauma it is. It's tra- trauma. Traumatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And trauma bonding, we hear about that a lot. And also just, and also family trauma that came up on the Kardashians this year. 
Oh, I didn't see that. No, yeah, we're we're Kourtney Kardashian was trying to say, this is why we're all messed up because we have all this family trauma. But um, I feel like that's becoming a thing that we're talking about more where it used to be something that we'd brush aside as, oh, our crazy family, Mm -hmm. as opposed to looking into actually, no, those are traumatic relationships. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, I know I associated trauma with just different kinds of abuse or if there's no food, but that is not true. Having a parent who is pushing you to overachieve is trauma. Mm-hmm. And you find that you, I'm listening to Dr. Nicole LaPera's book right now, oh. How to Be the Love You See. Yes. And it's so good. And it helps you learn about all these different things that happen when you're young and the woman that you become. And that's what I was bringing out in this novel. Mm-hmm. So you'll see how Emerson, she falls under her mom who left. And so she's hyper independent and she doesn't want to be bothered. And then you see Odester who was overlooked and always cooking and cleaning and how she clung to this relationship to the first man who really looked at her. And then Manon, who is just like, she's disconnected because she's better than everybody else. And she's expected to be a certain way. And there's an air about her and she doesn't have time, but they all come together and they realize we're all perfectly imperfect and we can work through this and we can all be okay. And that's the beauty of writing about families and relationships because we all have something, no matter mm-hmm. where we come from, there's always something, but it's okay. And we can find a way to get through it. And that's what I try to bring out in my novels. I love that. Well, it definitely comes off. I haven't finished the book because I did just recently get it, but so far what I'm reading, it comes off on, as that. And I can't wait to read more. And you guys are in for a treat in January when yes. it comes out. It's yes. going to be amazing. Yes. So with that, I, I'm your writing process. So how did, where did the idea from Rue come from? And when you started writing it, what came first? Was it figuring out this family or was it the stories? It was figuring out the characters. So I really do go deep into Mm -hmm. my characters. And even though my first two novels are lighter on the heart and the head, I still go deep into characters, habits, quirks, fears. I go deep into those things. And with this one, I wanted to do the characters first. That's, That's my writing process. And then I bring it all together. And I wanted Rue to be the title because in this family, cooking is a huge thing. So the Mm. women in this novel cook a lot. And I don't know if you've ever had gumbo, but gumbo in Louisiana, the book is set in Opelousas. Gumbo Rue is the base. Rue is the base of the gumbo. And you put all of these different things in there. And if you don't know Rue, Mm -hmm. if you're looking at a recipe, you're like, oh my God, this doesn't make sense. All these different things. And I feel like that's what relates to family. You have all of these different people and sometimes it doesn't make sense. But when you put it all together and you simmer it, it comes out to be perfectly and it tastes really good. And I think that's the same thing that happens in this family is there's all these crazy dynamics that are going on. But when they get together, there's all this like crazy love and support that they have for each other. Yeah, that definitely does show. Yeah, I love that. Now I know what Rue is. Yeah, it's gumbo Rue. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of like I'm, I'm Italian American, so like the secret sauce of yes. like what you put in. Yes. And every family has a different mm-hmm. what makes their tomato sauce. So yeah, yeah. and I talk about that. Yes, yeah. in Louisiana we do a seafood gumbo, and oh. so my family is from Baton Rouge. The book is set in Opelousas, but when I moved to California, people make gumbo here and they put chicken in it. Okay, and I was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't put chicken in gumbo. But so, yes, there's a secret sauce, but then there's people make it in different ways. It's the same as family. I love that. Yeah. And so you write, all three of your books have been fiction. Yes. But they are some ties. I'm, I mean, actually, this would be an assumption question for you. How do you connect to your work and how much of your fiction is inspired by your own reality? A lot of it is inspired by real life. My mom's side of the family 
uh, my mom passed and all of her siblings. Oh. And so I have 11 first cousins and we, most of us don't have any parents. And wow. so if you can ma imagine us from the ages of, I think the span was maybe 19 to 30 years old and we're all helping each other trying to figure out life and marriage and divorce and school and kids. And we're all learning ourselves without having a matriarch is chaotic. Yeah. And so a lot of experiences and, and trauma and things that happened were real for me because I was, I don't know, 32 or 33 and mm -hmm. I became this de facto matriarch and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to make a lot of decisions and just all everything that came along with that, it lends to me writing in my stories about how we grow and learn and figure out. And no matter what we do, no matter what kind of mistakes we make, it is okay. Mm -hmm. it is, it's okay. Yeah. Well, um, with Amaya in any in uh, Never Too Soon, anytime soon, right? That's her. That's her journey that she takes over the role as matriarch and kind of ends up, well, seemingly missing out on a lot of what people in their twenties and thirties are normally going through because mm -hmm. she's so focused on keeping the family okay. together. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And exactly. it happens to a lot of us, whether we realize it or not. And you can become a matriarch when your mom or you have aunts who are still living. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it just depends on relationship. It depends on maturity. It depends on different things. So it happens. I know several people who have become like the matriarch in their family and they still have a real matriarch in the family, but it helps you grow and develop. And it gives you this level of understanding of life that you you just wouldn't get normally. And right. you get a piece of set and a sense of self like, okay, this is this is gonna work out. And no matter what happens, it's gonna work out. As long as nothing is broken and you don't die, you will figure it out and you can and you can work it out. And so I do land a lot of personal things that have happened into my story. Okay. We can't bubble wrap our kids to keep them safe, but we can give ourselves some peace of mind now with the Life 360 app, which I am obsessed with. I first heard about this from a girlfriend at a party who told me that this was the app to use. So I got it. And now I am obsessed. It's a family connection and safety app that lets you track the people and things that are most important to you. And it's much more than sharing location. It is about safety. It keeps families connected and protected throughout the day. Plus, it helps you find your things. So I have tiles, one of which I put on my phone, which I lose 100 times a day, and I can find it through the app whenever I lose it. Also, it lets me put in locations of interest. So I get alerts when my kids reach school after taking the bus or when my husband gets to LA or whoever you want to track. You can do it with Life360 and feel very protected and safe and it makes life better. It makes peace of mind better. Life 360 has my family's back when they're on the road, and I can track their stuff too if I need to. Plus, of course, it's a lifeline during emergencies because you can have crash detection to know if one of the kids is in an accident, and with two almost driver's license kids, that is super important to me too. So put away the bubble wrap and protect your loved ones with Life 360. Visit life360.com or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Have you ever gotten, I guess backlash is the wrong word, but anyone from your like real life being like, oh, I can't believe you put that in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
<laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. And I'm I'm the one at, at, at yeah. I'll be at the family events with my phone. If yeah. I have my phone, I'm probably <laughs> taking notes. But I do. I will. I will. If it's if it's something interesting enough, I will put it in there. So there's I don't know if you got to this and mm-hmm. never too soon, but there is a scene where Sophie, she's a serial dater, and she mm-hmm. goes on this date with this guy. And um, they are ordering enchiladas, and uh-huh. the lady, she's the waitress, says, "Do you want cheese enchiladas?" Or he's like, "I thought all enchiladas had cheese." In it. <laughs> that was a true story that oh, no. my aunt told me. Yeah, it, like almost verbatim when she told me that. I said, "I'm putting this in." Yeah. My book. Well, they do all have cheese, but the yeah. cheese enchilada doesn't have meat. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> and then the blanched vegetables, because uh-huh. he's reading, and he's oh. like, "Oh, you bleach your vegetables." <laughs> That is a true story, too. It's a true story. Yeah, oh, he man. thought it was bleached vegetables, bleached. but it was blanched. Yeah, yeah. So I got all that from her. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And now a big part of what you do, in addition to being an author, is that you want to inspire other aspiring authors to write as well. I know you're currently teaching right yes, now. I am. And you also have this amazing notebook out that helps people write their story. Can you tell people a little bit more about that? Yes, it is a writing journal. When I first started writing, I worked full time and I thought of it more as a hobby. I didn't know that I would actually become a published author. And there were all these tools and things that I didn't know that took me years to learn. And so I started organizing my thoughts and organizing different things. And I developed a writing journal for authors. And so it covers the gamut um, from the inspiration process, just from something you glean through the day, whether it's a smell and cute outfit that you (laughs) saw. Um, It covers family dynamics, what Thanksgiving dinner is like, the last big fight your family had. And it goes all the way through event planning, launching your book, the business side of writing a book where you have to think about budget and money. It just covers everything that I wish I had known when I first started writing. And it also allows you to take notes and and think about what your writing process is Mm going to be and what you're going to write about and character development and setting your plot. It covers all of it. And I actually use it every day. I'm using it now for my book launch. So I have this in there. It's a, it's a really good tool. And where can people get that? Is that, where can people get that? On Amazon. Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's called, it's Your Story Matters. It's the mm-hmm. author's guide and journal. And so you get that there and then all your books are on your website and Amazon, all the links. Yes. Right. Amazon. Well. And then and you can get Never Too Soon here at Zippy's. Yes. Yes. And I'm, I'm guessing this too when it comes out. Yes. When it comes <laughs> also, Rue, when it comes out in Zippies, yes. yes. right here in Santa Monica, off, Mon- um, off Montana. Yes. Ooh, so, what, what was, I'm curious, what was the biggest lesson for you when you started to write your book? What is something that you wish you knew? Because you were just saying that anytime soon was you, you kind of, when you did Never Too Soon, you're like, oh, I want, I wished I could kind of get a second shot at writing it. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what Never too soon was for for you. So how, what was what was that like aha moment? What was that realization? I think it was the editing process, feeling like I had enough of a voice to say no. Mm-hmm. With any time soon, there were a lot of cuts in the book and I didn't feel confident enough to say, no, this is how we talk or no, this is the way it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. I just kind of, I let it pass. I gained a little more confidence and never too soon. And then with Rue, I had a, strong, a, a stronger voice because I really wanted to tell this story and I really wanted these characters to shine in their way, in their personality, and in their Southern lingo. And so I was fine with the question marks, the editor. She's like, I don't know what this means. I'm like, fine. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) And we're going to keep it there. Yeah, Yeah. good. I'm happy you did that. I'm happy you stood your ground on that. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like having your words and being creative in your novels, everybody is not going to get it and understand, Mm -hmm. but you still want it to come across and you want to be authentic in your story and you want to be true to your characters. 
how do you, how do you go from writing a lighter book like these books to going to Rue? Like, was that hard getting the publisher to be on board with trusting you to write a different type of book? A little bit it mm-hmm. was because that was my jam. Like I yeah. could write a good chick lit. Yep. You could read it on the beach and it was fun. <laughs> and this time it was it was very different. Um, but they did trust me and they loved it. Oh, they, good. Yeah. They, I don't. I thought because my readers have been asking for the third book mm. in the Anaya's World series, and I've been trying to like get back to it. And I was reading a little bit the other day, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is not light. Yeah. This is it's more it's more literary. So it's interesting making that shift and trying to see if I can get back to where I started. Are there any Easter eggs to Amaya or any like nods in Rue or did you just keep those worlds Mm-mm. completely, completely separate? They're completely separate, yeah. Did you ever think about doing that? Mm-mm. Not for this. I yeah. wanted this family to be completely separate. They're from Opelousas. They have uh, different issues. Emerson's family, they're completely Bay Area. They're Gen X and Gen Z, mm-hmm. completely different lifestyles. And are you considering doing a third version of the Amaya World series? Yes. Yeah, so that's okay. what I that's what I was I was trying trying to work on that, yeah. but it's just hard for me to get back into that light of writing. Course, coming from but this, I have yeah. started, yes. Okay. Yes. But I, I I think I owe it to my readers because they've been asking. So I am mm-hmm. gonna do a third book in the Anaya's, Anaya's World series. I love that. Yeah. And reading Rue and this is true with all your writing, the characters jump off the page. You feel like you are kind of eavesdropping a conversation and they feel so real and the stories are so beautifully told. So have you ever considered, or maybe let's manifest this, adapting it into film and television? And if so, what would that dream be for you in terms of like cast or direction? That would be amazing. I don't write um, for screen, but that would be absolutely amazing. And I've heard that about my novels and my character. I, the dialogue is very personal in the characters feel. They're, they're very relatable. If you When you read the book, you'll say, I know her. Yeah. I know him. <laughs> yeah, they're very relatable. Um, but I, that would be great. And if I did it, I, I could see it being more of a series because there's always more to tell. There, You can always dig deeper. And even reading the book when I was going through the final edits, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can develop this more. I can figure. Mm-hmm. So there's always more to add, but that would be great. I don't yeah. know. I was thinking kind of like this is us in terms of structure because uh-huh. of how it jumps from different time periods and different perspectives of different characters. I feel like to find a way to get it. To I love that show. And no, and and just the complexity mm-hmm. of it and yeah. figuring out and watching, even, I don't know if you've gotten to this, but with Odester and the issues that she had with her addiction mm-hmm. and how that manifested and it went down even to her own daughter. Wow. And you don't realize a lot of times what we're doing and what we're saying and the impact that it has on our children or the things that our parents did and said and the impact that it has on us. A lot of times we don't realize it until we're a lot older. Mm-hmm. And so it would be good to ha- be able to show those three generations in a way that continues and you see how they continue to evolve because people do evolve. And Odester, you know, at the end, well, I won't tell you what happened at the end. <laughs> well, not just for they, me, for everyone. <laughs> You know, the yes, book's not, they can't even buy it yeah. yet. <laughs> I know. They can't they read do, it yet. They continue to evolve. And okay. all of my characters do. They come from a place of like, oh my God, this is awful, to like, okay, this is not so bad. I can mm-hmm. still find a way to be grateful and thankful even in the midst of this chaos. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Is there anything that you wanted to touch upon that I didn't ask? No, I think that's it. Okay. Um, make sure to pre-order the book. Yes. Like it comes out January 9th. I'm really excited about this book and I'm so proud of it. And just the, the me changing my style of writing into something more literary. So I'm excited. I did get like my first review the other day because oh. I sent out some advanced Oh yeah. Copies. What was the, what was the review? Oh my gosh. <laughs> she, she was like, I finished this book in two days and I could not stop and I love them. And oh. she also, she's like, we need to 
have a prayer meeting for Odessa. Yeah. She has a lot of Mm. issues. So, yeah. (laughs) I love it. Well, definitely make sure everyone pre-order Rue now. It's a perfect gift for yourself or for friends. You could always send it to them. And right now you can still buy at Ziddy's never too soon. Yes. Well, Tamika, thank you. This was so fun. Thanks so much. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 